another episode of smarter than the average bear i'm your host aj better known as bear and we're on week four of our mlb 2021 season preview hopefully you've been able to catch the the first three episodes if not feel free to go back and check those out a lot of great information for the al east the nl east and the nl central today we'll be talking about the al central and a lot of great teams, a lot of shifting in, in of the balance of power in this division as well. Um, a lot of things to look out for with these teams and, and efforts that they've got coming on. And so I think we're going to have a really, really good show and uh, we're going to get rolling here. But first, hit it, Drake. Top five, no debating. Top five, top five, top five. All right. Going to switch it up a little bit this week. We're going to start out with our top five this week. Um, like I said before, like I'm trying to switch up the the efforts on top five for each of our, our divisions, just so we're not doing the same ones. And so this week I'm doing the top five most notable players in the AL Central from my time growing up. You might have a different recipe for it. This is my list of my athletes growing up. Uh, and I've actually got one. I've got somebody picked for at least each uh, team in the division. Some of them are overlapping, but anywho, anyway, let's get it rolling. Number five, we're going with Bubba Trammell for the Detroit Tigers. And some of you may be familiar with Bubba Trammell, some may not. But we're rolling with Bubba Trammell because he's a Central High School alumni, which makes him the second best, actually the third best baseball player to ever come out of Central High School behind myself and Todd Helton, of course. (sighs) But no, we had to pay respects to Bubba Trammell. Um, obviously paved the way for our baseball program in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, and then going on to have a really successful career um, in the major leagues. Had to give Bubba a shout out. So for the Detroit Tigers at number five, going Bubba Trammell. Number four, we're going to Albert Bell. And of course, I'm going with Albert Bell. Are you kidding me? Like just a, a super like, swole big ass dude that didn't take any shit uh that played baseball oh yeah that's right up my alley uh he played for the white Sox and the indians in this division so he's been scattered a little bit in the division this is going to be our pool for pick a team it don't matter uh because i've got an overlapping person for the other team as well but our bell was just a menace um in in baseball and, and for some reason or not he just always stuck with me and he used to hit moonshots when he finally connected with something and he throw the hands if he needed to. So we definitely had to throw Albert Bell in here. Uh, and we'll just say he's the, the pick for the white Sox. but Albert Bell coming in at four, number three, Kirby Puckett, man, Kirby Puckett, one of just the, 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 the best, just pure hitters that we had growing up, but also like, man, to take like that, that ball off the eye, like, and, and to, have that ended up being a cause that that shortened his career was like definitely a huge hit but also like he's just a a outstanding player and you know we'd be we'd be remiss not to shout him out as the representative for the twins so I had to go with with Kirby Puckett here but um, 
He's the GOAT for the Twins, and, and I challenge you to show me a better player to represent that team uh, than Kirby. Number two, Kenny Lofton. And this is another of the overlaps because Kenny Lofton played for the White Sox and the Indians, but he'll be our Indians pick for this one. Superstar athlete, by the way. I learned some things looking at Ken, Kenny Lofton. I didn't know uh, he, he played mostly basketball in college. Uh, he was actually a backup point guard at Arizona behind, you guessed it, Steve Kerr. Uh, a little known, a little trivia fact there for you. But also, he's uh, he's one of two players to play in the Final Four and in the World Series. That's pretty, that's pretty damn impressive. And even more impressive than that, he only played five games at Arizona in baseball, and he only had one statistical at bat. Uh, which goes to show like how much of a freak athlete he is that most of his time was spent focusing on basketball and then he ends up becoming, you know, this decade-long producing baseball player uh, in the major league. So, shout out to Kenny Lofton. Had to represent with him. Uh he's our pick for the Indians at number 2. And so at number 1, I think we all know who this was going to be. Come on. Vincent Jackson. Uh and some of you might know him as Bo but we had to roll with Bo. Are you kidding me? Like, come on now. First of all, he played for two teams in this division, uh, two fire jerseys in this division for the Royals and the White Sox. But, I mean, come on. He's just the, the greatest athlete to ever walk the face of the earth. Like, he had to get his respects uh, and get shouted out in this top five. So, you know we're rolling with the Bo. Bo knows top five. Bo knows he's number one. And that's our top five for this week. Let's get into our division breakdown. All right, so we're back here with the MLB 2021 preview, uh, looking at the AL Central this week. Starting things off with the Twins. Uh, they went 36-24 and 24 last year. They lost in the wild card. Uh, they were swept by the Houston Astros last year. Uh, not a lot of movement on their team this year. They did add... Uh, Andrelton Simmons, so that should sure up a little bit of their middle infield there, which is a pretty pretty solid pickup, I would say. Last year, they were 20th in hits. They were 18th in runs scored, 6th in home runs, which was a shock to me. I didn't necessarily know that they hit that many long balls last year. Uh, 22nd in walks, 13th in strikeouts. They were 30th in steals. That's terrible. 30th, dead last. They... They stole 14 bases on 21 attempts uh, last season. They were 18th in batting average, but on the on the pitching end, they they had a pretty solid rotation. They were fourth in ERA, and they were bottom six in hits allowed. So 24th in hits allowed. Uh, again, I know I flipped those numbers and pulled them weird, but that just means they're at the top of the least amount of hits that they allowed, which is a good thing. Um, so yeah, for the twins, like pretty solid year last year, I would say they were right on pace with probably what they were projected to do, uh, coming into this season, they still have a solid rotation, uh, with, with a lot of the arms that they're bringing back for this season and they're good middle of the road team. They, they just got to stay in the mix. You got to stay around and stay in, in the thick of things. And then hopefully things start to play out a little bit more for you towards the end of the season. They're not going to be, you know, they're not going to sprint ahead 20 games in this division 
and you would hope they don't get behind by like 15 or 20 games in the division. They just got to stay close and, and fight for either a position in this divisional race or one of these wild card slots. And, and I think the way that their team is shaped up, especially looking at the rest of their division, I think they're in a pretty good spot to be able to do that. Um, it just depends on if they can stay healthy and just stay around and stay in the thick of things. And I know that's a pretty, you know, basic way to explain it. But I think when you're coming into the season and you're thinking of pay, playing 162 games and you got 30 teams in the league, staying in the thick of things is important because you're going to have these drastic you know, times where your team's rolling and they're looking good. And you're going to have times where your team can't string together wins and they drop a couple series in a row. Majority of that is going to play itself out. But ultimately, there's going to be a lot of teams that just fall out early, um, like another team in this division that we're going to talk about next. But you just got to stay around and, and, and stay in the mix and then, you know, hope that a couple of things swing here and there for you. Uh, and then you can make a run at that postseason. Next team we're going to talk about here is the Detroit Tigers. And while they had a lot of success in the late 2000s uh, up to 2010s, they've been struggling the last little bit. And honestly, I don't see it changing this year for the Tigers. Now, uh, one big ad that they had this year is not from a player standpoint, Actually, they added a new manager, uh, A.J. Hinch, which is the manager coming over from the Houston Astros. Say what you want to say about it. Like, they cheated, sure. They absolutely did. But they were winning games. Uh, I don't know if we can necessarily say all of that is cheating. I think some of that has to say, like, they had good players and good managerial leadership. Uh, If you're the the Tigers, you're hoping for the latter and that – Hinch can come in and kind of try to build up this program the same way that they did uh, in Houston. Houston was bottom of the barrel, uh, last in the division, last in the league for a lot of years, uh, and then slowly started to make that change into the team, into the more formidable team that they are now. Uh, And if you're a Tigers fan, you know, outside of hoping that your, your manager doesn't bring his cheating ways, or maybe you do want him to bring his cheating ways and not get caught. Either or, uh, if you're a Tigers fan, you're really hoping that he brings over some of that success uh, to your squad that they were seeing in, in Houston. So be interesting to see what A.J. does uh, as he takes on this new role with the, the Detroit Tigers. Um, a lot of things or one more thing for the Detroit is right now they've got a lot of extra money uh, for free agency. So if they happen to get off to a little bit better start this year or they're in the mix a little bit this year, They've got a chance to maybe go out there and get them a couple arms or a couple bats um, either midseason or uh, at the end of this year to start really building up that squad for, you know, uh, uh, a better run and a more loftier goals in the next coming years. Last year, they went 23-35. and 35. Like I mentioned before, they were one of two teams, St. Louis being the other, the only two teams that did not play a full 60-game uh, season last year. They were 21st in hits, 23rd in runs, 23rd in home runs, dead last in walks earned. They were 6th in strikeouts. They were 24th in stolen bases, and they were 15th in batting average. From a defensive perspective, they were 30th in ERA, dead last, of course, 
at 5.63. Yuck, that's not going to get it. And they were sixth in hits given up, so uh, top 10 in the amount of hits that they gave up uh, from a pitching staff, which is obviously not going to put you in a position to be able to win a lot of games. Uh, So ultimately, the biggest question I have here is, What's their rebuilding strategy? So we, I think we can all agree that they're not going to be in the hunt for things this year. What are they going to do with uh, Coach Hinch and um, I would say the, the, the core that they have now? How are they going to build that out to become a, uh, a player in the division or just in the AL period moving forward? I think Miggy, he's probably only got uh, – another year or two left before he probably calls it a wrap. Uh, and then they're, they're really going to be in a complete rebuild phase of we're just all young names, new players that haven't necessarily established themselves and trying to figure out uh, what this team is going to be and what their identity is going to be um, moving forward. And I think Detroit, for for lack of better terms, like their baseball team has been uh, probably one of the more successful organizations in that city in the last 15, 20 years. And I know that's kind of overlapping with the Pistons, and so they're definitely up in there. But uh, the Tigers were definitely a force to be reckoned with uh, back in the day. And, you know, they had a lot of really good arms on their roster. And so you would think that they could potentially get back to that. Um, it's going to it's gonna take some time. It's definitely going to take some time and, and a solid approach to that. I'd be interested to see what this team's going to do uh, and if they can stay competitive, obviously that's going to make them look like a much more attractive destination for some of these free agents that are coming up and potentially give them uh, the flexibility to, to talk to some of these bigger name uh, stars uh, and, and potentially try to wiggle them loose from the team that they're at now and bring them over to Detroit. So it'll be interesting to see. I think they're going to take their lumps this year. Uh, but as we look at the next couple seasons, if they can potentially get to a spot where, you know, they're not, even if they're close to 500, that means they're in the thick of things. And then you can start to go out and spend some of that additional income on some of these more high valued players and potentially attract some, some other really good pieces along with that. So be interesting to see what they do there, but Ultimately, I'm not looking for a lot from the Tigers this particular season. Next, we're looking at the Royals. They went 26 and 34 last year, did not make the playoffs. Made a lot of moves, though, in the offseason that I really, really liked. Um, they went and got Andrew Benintendi from uh, Boston, and they got Michael Taylor from the Nationals. Uh, two good pieces there that are going to help sure up that outfield. So I do like those moves. Uh, they also got Carlos Santana from in-division rival, uh, the Indians, which, or excuse me, the Cleveland baseball team, my apologies, uh, which which is a, a really good piece there. And I really think that uh, that's another solid bat going into that Royals lineup. Um, Santana's a, a lifetime 250 hitter, uh, so not outstanding, but is, is a good bat. He also has uh, 240 career home runs. And over the last few years, swung the bat a little bit better with more power, excuse me, um, not blowing you off the, the map with his on-base percentage and things like that, but does give you a little bit more power in the middle of that lineup. So it'll be interesting to see how they utilize him. Obviously, being in the AL, 
you can hide uh, Carlos Santana by having him DH rather than having to play a spot in the field. So I do feel like he's an asset to your team if he's only swinging the bat and not playing the field. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how they plug him into that lineup and, and, and start to adjust with him. They had four, They were 14th in hits last year, 24th in runs scored, 20th in home runs, 25th in walks earned. They were 14th in strikeouts. 16th in batting average. Uh, and then on the flip side, they were 12th in ERA and 10th in hits given up. So pretty mediocre middle of the run uh, analytics for not only the offensive side, but also the, the defensive side as well. Um, one of the things that that I'm looking for out of this team is like, how are these new additions uh the, obviously sharing up the outfield hopefully that that provides you a little bit more uh strength on your defense but also like getting a few more bats that have produced elsewhere uh into that lineup how's that going to help not only from a defensive standpoint but from offensive as well i also think you're bringing in a lot of guys that have some sort of postseason uh experience so ben Intendi's played uh deep into the postseason before uh, Carlos Santana, same thing, deep into the postseason before. So it'll be interesting to see how that rubs off on a lot of the guys from the Royals. I, I don't think that they have a lot from their core that won in 2015 anymore. Uh, so how does that drive some of these younger guys, these newer guys in in their camp that uh, haven't necessarily reached the postseason or had a lot of success yet? Will that rub off and will they see uh, some of the effects of adding in some of that that veteran leadership that they're looking for? The other point I wanted to look at is just where where are they going to turn the corner? Like, what are they going to be good at? I think uh, when I think back at the the uh, the Royals teams from from that postseason run that they had, one of the big things that stood out to me from those teams were they really played station to station ball well, and they they crafted up scoring opportunities. You know, they they put down bunts, they hit and run, they stole bases. Like they did a lot of things to conjure up runs. Versus just swinging for home runs or hoping that a big big hit into the gap would bring in those runs, and so if they're taking that mentality into this in this te- into this team now, I think that that puts them in a position to maybe make some noise in the division. Probably going to be closer to five hundred uh, in record, but again, like when you're adding in some of these new p- pieces, you never know what kind of output you can get, and you know sometimes being traded gives you a little bit more push. Uh, from a player standpoint than maybe what you were having in your, in your previous destination. And so maybe some of these new bats and these new faces around the Royals can really, you know, spark this team to give them something. Cause right now I feel like they're just middle of the road, but I mean, if we're, if we're comparing apples to apples, like they're not in the same position as the twins who I would say subjectively probably have a little bit better chance to maybe fight for a postseason bid versus where the Royals are now. Um, it's just going to be really important for them to uh, have some better offensive input. Uh, like I said, they were fourth in stolen bases. They swiped 49 bases last year on 69 attempts. So they were still moving quite a bit last year. I would I would assume that that number is going to stay consistent, and you'll see that again. Uh, and and honestly, like they were above average uh, from a, from a roster or from a lineup standpoint uh, on their pitching staff. So. I think if you can stay consistent there, especially with adding in some of these newer players uh, to the lineup, I think like 
you can see some improvements with this team. And, and I definitely have a, a much brighter outlook for the Royals than I do the Tigers at this point in time uh, looking at the teams. Next, we're going to Chicago, and we're going to look at the White Sox here. So the White Sox went 35-25 and 25 last year. Ended up losing in the wild card 2-1 to one to the Oakland A's. But they did have a lot of things go on in, in the offseason, mainly adding Tony La Russa as their head coach, which came somewhat as a shock to me because uh, I, I don't particularly think you should switch coaches when you're finally starting to have some success for a team that hasn't had a lot recently. Uh, and it felt like the players were pretty connected to their manager previously, and they're bringing in a guy that's been out of the game for a little bit and had some off-the-field issues uh, over the past couple years. So I was kind of iffy there. But on the flip side, like, he's a Hall of Famer. Like, Tony La Russa is 1,000% like a Hall of Fame coach, and he's a hell of a coach. Like, he's already got three World Series uh, victories, rings, and he's also third all-time in uh, career wins. Like, that's important. So uh, bringing in a guy with that type of – that caliber of of winning and understanding what it takes to get there, I think is is very important and is one of the reasons why I think it's okay that uh, the White Sox switched their manager out, especially looking at their team and what they have. Um, they did add uh, Adam Eaton. They excuse me. They re-signed Adam Eaton. Uh, he was in in Chicago previously, but he's now returned to their team now. Uh, and I really think that he could do a lot for the squad by bringing in some of that that old school uh, White Sox mentality, but also like just someone who's familiar with the organization and, and what's required of them when they're winning is going to be very helpful. Uh, and, a, and a little less known addition that they've got for their organization, not their team, but their organization is, is Lynn Casper. And... If you guys don't know who Lynn is, he actually covered the Cubs for the past 16 years, and he'll be moving to the south side this year to now start covering the White Sox. Um, to be honest, I don't like it at all. Like I, I enjoyed watching Lynn cover uh, the Cubs for these past few years. Like I hadn't always had a MLB like TV and, and, and the extra pass where I could see all the Cubs games, so... Uh, but in these past like five to six years, I have gotten that. So I've gotten to listen to Lynn cover a lot of games and really enjoyed like what he brought to the booth. So I hate losing him. Uh, and and really, I don't like it that he's going in in town as well. But uh, is a big move, and I think like he probably sees something that he likes with this team as well. And and I'm sure like that was a piece of him wanting to move and potentially call those White Sox games. Speaking of that team and the pieces that really excite people, they were fourth in hits last year. They were fifth in runs scored. They were third in home runs. They were 24th in walks earned and fourth most in strikeouts. Uh, they stole 22, or they were second, 22nd. They were 22nd in stolen bases last year, but sixth in batting average last year. From a pitching standpoint, they were 6th in ERA and 24th in hits given up. So, again, top 10 in both statistical categories that you want to see uh, from a team that's competing to, you know, potentially win a division. And so, my biggest questions for this team is, how will the team handle 
adding in a new manager. Um, and I know we talked about it briefly when we started it, but, you know, Rick Renneria, like, they fin- he finished second last year in uh, GM of the year, or excuse yeah, manager of the year last year. So it's just like you're tinkering with things that are already working. It'll be interesting to see how that, that plays out because, you know, it could have an adverse effect where the players really had a connection with him and they just don't connect to La Russa. And, and then what do you do? Uh, because you're squandering that window that, uh, that very generous window that can open and close in no time, uh, as we've seen with their crosstown rival, the Cubs. Like their their window has is potentially closing, and they they've only struck once. And I think a lot of people would say the Cubs were in a position to win multiple um, when they won theirs back in 2016. And so, if you're a White Sox fan, this is something that you really want to establish early and make sure that the team is is in sync with the new the new manager and hopefully like he's going to be able to get the most out of them and their production. Um, and then also like how are they going to play now being the targeted team? And we talked about this with the Braves and you know like they're not sneaking up on anybody anymore. Like I think most people would say the this is the White Sox division to lose. And so with that in mind how are people attacking them day in, day out? You know, when you play these 20-something-plus games against your division opponents, like, how are they attacking you? How are they approaching those games? Uh, and then, ultimately, are you going to be able to, you know, come in day in, day out for 162 games and, and really, like, you know, insert your dominance as the, the, the team that's supposed to lead the division? So, it'll be interesting to see what the White Sox do. Got to give a shout-out to my dog, Tim Anderson. Uh, he's my second favorite shortstop. Oh, no, nah, I lied. He's my third favorite shortstop, second favorite in Chicago. Uh, but, I mean, he's 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 balling. And I love the way that he plays the game. And as a black man watching a black guy be successful in the game of baseball, I know how hard it is to, like, find role models for that game. And, you know, we were lucky enough to have a lot of guys when I was growing up that, made baseball look cool and fun, and I think that Tim Anderson does that, and I'm hoping uh, with the White Sox having a little bit more success, maybe getting on TV a little bit more, there's some black kids growing up that'll be able to look up to Tim Anderson and say, like, oh, you know what? Like, he makes baseball look cool, and he looks like me. Maybe this is something I'll try out, and it'd be it'd be a great thing for the sport to, to kind of have that pipeline with, with black athletes looking into baseball again. Uh, but ultimately, this is a guy that I think can carry the torch for being a cool and productive black baseball player, and it's something that we need in this league. And finally, for the last team that we're going to look at is the Cleveland baseball team. Yep, I said it right this time, the Cleveland baseball team. They went 35-25 and 25 last year. They lost in the, the wild card round. They were swept by the Yankees 2-0. Uh, and then again, like, they didn't have a lot of solid additions to the team this year. They did have two key losses, one of which we've already covered, uh, Carlos Santana. But the biggest one is you lost Francisco Lindor. And like he is undoubtedly one of the top performing shortstops in our league. And so it's hard to, to lose a guy like that and just snap your fingers to think that you're going to replace him. Uh, it's going to be difficult to see how they bounce back from losing uh, someone of that stature uh, from their team, and it feels like they're starting to 
dwindle out that core that was there when they were competing with the Cubs in 2016 uh, for that, that title. When we look at their statistics from last year, they were 22nd in hits, 24th in runs scored, 27th in home runs, 3rd in walks earned, 19th in, or excuse me, 17th in strikeouts, 16th in stolen bases, and 23rd in batting average. So, very subpar performance from an offensive standpoint last year and losing two pretty important bats out of that lineup doesn't necessarily strike me as some a team that's just situated to make another run at things uh, in this division. From a, from a defense standpoint, however, though, they were second in ERA and then they were 27th in hits given up. So again, outstanding uh, from a statistical aspect on their pitching. And so I really think for, for this team, what they want to lean on is the importance of that, that, that lineup, or excuse me, that rotation to really drive them. And uh, one person that I'm really keeping my eye on for Cleveland this year is uh, Tristan McKenzie. So he's a 23-year-old black kid um, out of New York, and he's a pitcher. And like I said, like he's got this slim, tall frame, and, and his fastball really gets on you. Uh, got to see him throw a little bit last year and really loved what I saw. And so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he continues to blossom into a strong arm for their rotation uh, because if they can keep up these numbers from the way that they pitched last year, they've got a chance to, to make some noise in the division. Uh, ultimately, I don't think that they uh, will compete with Chicago in the 162-game season to fight for that division crown. But um, if there's any improvement from a batting standpoint and they hold steady on the pitching end, that's gonna that's going to produce more wins uh, next year. And I think that's going to put them in a position to at least uh, be competitive in the division and potentially try to make some moves next year to really beef up that that team and to get back into the top of that division. Um, the only other thing that I've, I've got written down here is, is is this really like the last year of that core? And I know that I Brent briefly talked about it, excuse me, uh, but they've got a little bit about $50 million in total uh, for cap room that they can spend. And so, like, go out there and, and, and start to build up that lineup. Like, Go out there and get you a couple pieces. I think uh, differently than Detroit, uh, Cleveland has had enough recent success uh, from a baseball standpoint where I think they're a little bit more of a a challenger to get some of these bigger names, not superstars, but just bigger name role players than Detroit is. And so what you just want to do is make sure you're there to strike first in the division. You don't want... You know, Minnesota or Detroit to be picking off some of these uh, potential uh, stars that could help beef up your lineup. You want to get there first with them. And since you've got a little bit more flexible dollars, you could become a little bit sexier pick for some of these guys looking for a new place to play. And so I think that'll be important for Cleveland. Uh, ultimately, I think this year, like, they're, they're going to be in the mix of the division, but in the grand scheme of things for the AL, I don't necessarily see them playing a lot of importance uh, in their roles. And so for my projections for, for this year, for the division, uh, I've got the Tigers coming in fifth. Uh, again, I mentioned before when we were covering them, I just don't feel like they're through with these rebuilding years yet. They're a couple years away. Uh, 
in my opinion, from from being someone who can really fight for the division. So they're coming in at fifth with the Royals close behind them in fourth. Uh, I think the Royals are adding a lot of good pieces, and they'll be more productive than the Tigers, but ultimately uh, they're not in the same place as the Twins or Cleveland to, to consider looking at potentially pushing for one of those postseason uh, bids out of the AL. In third, I've got Cleveland coming in here at third. Like I talked about before, their pitching was off the charts last year, and I'm really looking forward to see if that's going to continue into the season. But for their offense, um, the numbers that they put up were just not good enough last year, and you're losing two just very important players in that lineup. And so I can't really say that I'm expecting too much out of that Cleveland offense this year. So I've got them slotted in third. Pushing the Twins up to second. Um, like I talked about earlier, they just got to stay in the mix. Second is close enough that if you're picking off a game here or there and staying in the mix, you could potentially swipe one of those wild card uh, picks for this year. And I think that the Twins have enough talent around their team that could put them in the mix for that, that second wild card slot. Uh, and ultimately, the division is, I think it's the White Sox to lose. They just got... They've got the arms. They've got the offensive output. Uh, they've got a coach that knows how to get it done. They're just really crafted to be a really good team. And I don't expect them not to show up and show out every year. They're really going to put, I'm saying they're going to be 95 to 100 wins this year. I just really think highly of this White Sox team uh, and their lineup. It's just, it's it's really solid from at least the, the top, five to six batters I think are really really solid in that lineup so I'm expecting big things out of the White Sox um, I think it's their division to take this is our AL Central wrap up I, again I appreciate you all checking us out uh, listening in uh, as I always say please rate us review us please subscribe so that the episodes come directly to you when I release them on Monday mornings uh, and then find us on Twitter that's it. Smarter than the average bear pod. Hit me up. See me some questions. Let me know what you like to hear. Let me know what you don't. Um, I want to build this out to be friendly for you all and, and be interesting and engaging for you all. So you just let me know uh, where you want us to take this and we will. We've got two more divisions left. The opening day is right around the corner. Uh, so let's get ready for this season. I really think it's going to be a lot of really good baseball this year. And I'm really interested to see what happens. Uh, we'll jump into the last, uh, we'll jump into the West coast to do those last two divisions upcoming. And then, uh, we'll roll out the new baseball season. Y'all have a great week. Do something kind for somebody outside of yourself and, uh, we'll catch you later.